Well, good morning. It's lovely to see you all this morning. My name's Tara. I'm one of the, the staff team here at St. Mungo's. And in my first job, I was a schools worker down in Greater London. And not long after I'd started, I went to go and do a little lunchtime club with one of our volunteers. And she asked me to take the register. And so I was going through the list of names, checking everybody off. Susan, yeah, she's here. John, yes. Kate. Kate? Kate here? Blank faces all around. And eventually one little girl went, oh, Kate. No, she's not here. <laughs> Wasn't the first time in working with children from another part of the UK that I had a little bit of trouble with pronunciation. This morning, we come to the spiritual gift of miraculous pars. <laughs> now, just so that nothing gets lost in translation, we're talking about the gift of miraculous powers, but I'm not going to say it that way, because where I come from, that word has one syllable. So, let's have a look at the list of the spiritual gifts in 1 Corinthians 12 verses 7 to 11, and they'll come on the screen. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and still to another the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same spirit, and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. So, what is meant by miraculous powers? The most literal translation is workings of powers workings of miracles, or acts that show powers. And the double plural there indicates that this isn't just one kind of miraculous sign or wonder, but that it could include a variety of things. Now, of course, healings are one kind of miraculous sign, but as Paul listed that as a different gift, and we've therefore done a whole separate sermon on that, which Ollie did a couple of weeks ago, uh, and that's still on the website if you haven't had a chance to listen to it. For the purposes of this morning, we are going to focus mostly on miraculous powers that are not healing. But there is, of course, some overlap. So how do we distinguish between a miracle and an answer to just a really big prayer? or between a miracle and God's kindness working itself out in our everyday lives. If I go to the guile on Christmas Eve and need a parking space, and just as I'm driving down, one opens up right outside Marks and Spencer's, is that a miracle? Or as my husband commented, if you then go into the guile and don't spend any money, yes, Tara, that would be a miracle. Rude. <clears throat> is the birth of every human that happens every day a miracle? When I was on crutches last year and found myself stranded at Curry Hill train station 
and realized that I couldn't get home. And I prayed, Lord, I need you to send me Heather Packwood. And three minutes later, she drove past and offered me a lift home. Was that a miracle? When someone comes to faith after years of us praying for them, is that a miracle? And when, after decades of violence, peace came to Northern Ireland, and the two opposing sides served alongside each other in government, was that a miracle, like the front of the Belfast Telegraph said it was? We might use the term miracle in all of those circumstances, but are we right to? Or are these simply wonderful examples of God at work in our lives and in the world around us? And if these things aren't miracles, and maybe they are, how do we define what one is? Max Turner, professor of New Testament at London Bible College, defines a miracle as an event that shares the following traits. It is an extraordinary or startlingly observable event. It cannot reasonably be explained in terms of human abilities or other known forces in the world. It is perceived as a direct act of God and is usually understood to have a symbolic sign or value, so pointing to God, maybe as redeemer or as judge. But more succinctly, which I like, Wayne Grudem defines a miracle as a less common kind of God's activity in which he arouses people's awe and wonder and bears witness to himself. So can we call some of those things that I mentioned a miracle? Well, Dr. Sam Storms, who we may well say is our official sponsor for this sermon series, as he's been mentioned a lot, <clears throat> says that what's important for us to remember is that no matter how we define a miracle, we must not think that a miracle means that a typically absent God is now present, but rather the God who is always and everywhere present, upholding and sustaining and directing all things to their appointed consummation is now working in surprising and unfamiliar ways. He says, this also helps us answer the question of whether unusual answers to prayers are miracles. I would say yes, if such answers are sufficiently unusual to arouse awe and wonder and to evoke acknowledgement of God's power and activity. So, Let's think about where we see the gift of miraculous powers in the Bible. Most obviously, we see it in the life of Jesus. We see him turning water into wine, calming a storm, feeding more than 5,000 people, walking on water and enabling Peter to walk on the water as well. Later in Acts 12, the church are praying for Peter in prison and as they did, an angel appeared in the prison cell, released him and walked out onto the street with him. In chapter 16, Paul and Silas are also in prison, praying and worshiping when there is an earthquake and the doors of the prison open and the prisoner's chains fall off. And in Acts 20, Paul's preaching sends a young man to sleep and he falls from a third floor window and dies. Paul goes down to the man and raises him to life. I'm sure there are maybe other examples that you can think of, but we get a bit of a sense of what Paul is talking about when he lists miraculous powers and the gifts of the Spirit. 
So what about today? <clears throat> Do these kind of miraculous signs still happen in this day and age? And if they do, then who is given the gift of miraculous powers? Is it for everyone? Well, I hope that you're getting the idea from this sermon series that at St. Mungo's, we do very much believe that these gifts of the Spirit are for today, including miraculous powers. And we're going to talk about some examples shortly. But as for who can operate in this gift, Sam Storms says this, I believe that this gift is what I call a circumstantial and occasional gift. That is to say, no Christian can work miracles at will whenever they please at any time. Any Christian might be given the power to work a miracle on a particular occasion, dependent on God's sovereign will and his purpose. Miracles are therefore to be prayed for. The spiritual working of miracles is one that we should all seek. Whether or not it is given is entirely up to God. And simply because you receive a gift of working a miracle on one occasion does not mean you will always operate or minister at that level of supernatural power. So we can ask expectantly in all manner of circumstances for the gift of miraculous powers. We believe in an awesome God. Ephesians 3 tells us that he is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. These are incredible words. There is no situation beyond the reach of our miracle-working God. And so when he does move, whether it's what you want to define as an extraordinary miracle or just the answer to a really big prayer, let's be a church that share those testimonies together because that brings encouragement and it raises our faith. And I'm sure that there are people here who have experienced the miraculous, who have seen extraordinary things that God has done. And if you have, then I'd really encourage you the next time we meet as house groups to share those stories with one another. But if you want to get a wider picture of miraculous powers in the, work today, in the world today, then um, Craig Keener's book, Miracles Today, which Ollie also recommended a couple of weeks ago, getting a second endorsement from me today, is a brilliant place to start. He covers a whole range of things around this topic, um, which we just don't have the time to go into today. Um, it's a brilliant, brilliant book, but it's also full of testimony. Lots and lots of healings, but lots of other stories of miraculous powers as well. So I'm just going to share with you three examples of the kinds of testimony of miracles that, uh, that he has. <clears throat> Some of you will have heard of Roland and Heidi Baker. They've been referenced in sermons before, ministering among orphans and refugees um, and other extremely needy people in Mozambique. And on numerous occasions, they testify to seeing food multiplied. And early in their years of ministry there, they took in large numbers of street children. Uh, and due to some persecution by local authorities, they ended up having nearly 100 homeless children follow them back miles and miles to their little flat that they were using as an office. And the bakers just 
They didn't know where they were going to put them all or what they were going to do, but they couldn't turn them away. <clears throat> Some of the children reminded Heidi that she had said that God would always provide. Sometimes our words to children come back to challenge us. How could the bakers feed all these children, or for that matter, even their own, as it had been several days since they had eaten properly as a family? Just at that moment, a visitor from the US Embassy came, bringing enough chili and rice for the family. Heidi opened the door wide, revealing hundreds of children packed wall to wall in the house and said, I have a big family. The gracious worker was horrified because she had only brought enough food for four. But Heidi asked her to pray and then began serving the food on plastic plates. She was too exhausted to consider backup plans if God did not make this work. She simply gave each child a full serving as she normally would. But she said, all our children ate, the staff ate, my friend ate, and our family of four ate, and all had enough. Another occasion of a couple, Sandy and Eugene, who were ministering in the Central African Republic, going by motorboat from place to place, when the engine of their motorboat burned out when they were about 150 miles from their destination. Faced with overwhelmingly hot sun, Sandy insisted on praying. Her husband opened the motor and showed her the burned parts. And he said, I generally have a lot of faith, but on this occasion, if you want us to pray, you're going to need to lead the prayers. And so she did. She prayed, confident that God would help them, and then insisted that they push out into the water and start the engine. They pulled on the rope, and the engine sprang to life. And Eugene said, I have no idea how this is working, but I'm very happy that it is. The motor took them the remainder of their journey until it died about 50 feet from the shore of their destination, never to work again. The Bible school students examined the motor and pointed out that it was burned, and this could not possibly be the means by which they had traveled there. Nevertheless, the burned motor had worked. Final example um, is from a, a guy called Brian who was traveling in Fiji. And again, going by boat from place to place. And what should have been a very short, calm journey, they, <clears throat> they came across the beginnings of a cyclone. And the waters began to get very dangerous with very large waves, heavy rain and strong wind. The captain of the boat sent one of his staff outside to ride on top of the boat and spot for waves. And at one point, the storm was so great that the movement of the boat caused the captain's chair to break and fall to the floor. The passengers, including Brian, began to fear that the boat would sink. At this point, Brian says, the captain pointed to a young woman seated at the back of the boat who was wearing a Christian t-shirt. He motioned her to the front, pointed to the floor next to him, and instructed her to pray. Shortly after she began praying, the waters calmed and the rain stopped, allowing us to continue our journey to the island without any further problems. The sun came out and they arrived safely, although rather shaken from their experience. And Craig Keener says, one moral of the story might be to check the weather forecast before an outing. A bigger moral of the story, however, is don't wear a Christian t-shirt unless you're ready for someone to ask you to pray. <laughs> These are amazing stories of situations where there was a need beyond human intervention. And God did something miraculous. Now we have had a big three weeks in this sermon series. We have been talking about healing, 
and pressing into God to see more healing. We're talking about faith and asking for that gift of faith so that we can believe for extraordinary things. And now miracles, recognizing that God is continuing to do remarkable things through his people today for his glory. However, I know that there will be people sitting here today and you're saying, yep, Tara, I hear you. I do believe in a God of miracles. I do believe in a God who heals. I have asked for the gift of faith to believe for these things, but they have not come, and that is hard. Just because we pray for miraculous powers or ask for a miracle of some kind doesn't mean that we will always receive it. Our scripture says that these gifts of the Spirit are given to each one just as the Father determines. And so we sit in the place of tension between hope-filled faith and trusting God's sovereign will and purposes, holding on to his love and his goodness when we don't see the answers that we are looking for. We know that Paul, in his second letter to the Corinthian church, talked about being tormented by what he called a thorn in the flesh. And he pleaded three times with the Lord to take it away. But the Lord said to him, my grace is sufficient for you. Heidi Baker, whose testimony we heard a moment ago about seeing the feeding of hundreds of children, also speaks about those that they work with who have not been healed who have not experienced the miracle that they are looking for. And she says, it's all about God and giving his love to others. Love accomplishes God's will, even if a supernatural miracle doesn't happen. The biggest miracle is love. And so this morning, as well as being a place where we believe in miracles, we want to be a place where each one of us experiences love. Those of us who are on the mountaintop and full of faith, and those of us who've been crying out for a miracle and have yet to see it happen. And if you are in the latter category today, then I want to say, I see you. And more importantly, God sees you. One of my favorite verses in the Bible is in Psalm 56, where it says, record my lament, list my tears on your scroll. Are they not in your record? Or another version says, put my tears in your wineskin. The picture of God gathering our tears as something precious to him. If the only offering that you have this morning is your tears, then they are noted and received by your heavenly Father. As we begin to draw this to a close, I want us to return to the question that we posed at the start about how we define a miracle and what is the difference between a miracle and God answering our prayers, both big and small. And I've come to the conclusion that the most important part of this is about the asking. 
I want to live my life. I want all of us to live our lives with an expectation of God's power at work within us. That we will see him at work in our everyday, have such a sense of his activity, of his nearness, that there is no area where we don't ask him to move. That we bring him, yes, the mundane and the minuscule prayer requests and the enormous and overwhelming ones. And that as we see him answer and move, it raises our faith so that when we are faced with something that truly needs a miraculous response, we have the faith and expectation to ask and be ready to receive. And that's what I'm going to invite us to do in response. In a moment as we stand to worship, let us fix our eyes on the God who can do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. And ask him to raise our sense of expectation this week, of how he's working in and through and around each one of us. But I'm also gonna ask the ministry team to come forward so that we can pray and pray for two groups of people specifically. If you are currently in a situation where you need to see the miraculous power of God at work, where you need that gift of miraculous powers, and you would simply like your brothers and sisters to stand alongside you as you pray, then we would love to do that with you. You don't need to say out loud what the situation is that you're praying. You can name that silently before the Lord. And the prayer ministry team will just stand with you and pray with you and for you as you present that request to God. And the other group of people are those who have been asking for the miraculous and it has not come. And you want to keep your eyes on the Lord and you want to keep your faith levels high. But right now you are on the mat. You are down, but you are not out. But you need some others to come around you to help lift you up again. And we would love to do that for you this morning. And again, you don't need to specify anything, but just indicate what it is that you need. So I'm gonna ask us all to stand. I'm gonna ask the band to come up and if the prayer ministry team could also come over to my right. Um, and I'm just going to pray for us uh, this morning. Father God, we thank you that you are an awesome, incredible, almighty God. We thank you for all of the ways in which we have seen and known you, in which all of the ways in which you have answered prayers, both big and small. Lord, this morning, would you raise our sense of faith and expectation of who you are, of what you can do. But Lord, we also just want to be a loving family together, to come alongside one another as we ask for miracles, or as we just ask to be lifted back up onto our feet again. Lord, wherever we are this morning, would you take us forward? Would you lift our eyes to you? Would you breathe on us and have that change everything?
Amen.